Welcome to Accountable Love, home of the love snobs, where love is a group journey. My name is Jerry. My name's Aziz. And today we have a special guest, Freddie. Freddie. Hi. <laughs> home of the love snobs, love snobs, love snobs. The love snobs have surfaced. You know, the people that actually use honesty to communicate. The genuine friends that refuse to let you feel sorry for yourself. Yes, those people. You know, the friends that collect your tears every time life makes your eyes rain. The love snobs, the people that don't allow you to settle. Support your dreams, but don't support you sleeping with just anybody. You know, the friends that are so judgmental, they actually stay away from negative people and encourage you to surround yourself with positive people. Yes, that friend. The friends that love you even when you refuse to love yourself. You, you know, know, the, the love, love snobs. snobs. Well, Freddie has been listening to us for the past year and a half. Um, we are on season three, and the theme of season three is, are you the adult in the room? So. The adult in the room. Are you the adult in the room? The adult in the room. The adult in the room. Okay, the adult in the room. <laughs> yes, Let's yes. start that all over. The, 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 the adult in the room. Definitely. So we would like to, um, I guess that will be the, the, the topic of our discussion today, okay. is being the adult in the room. What do you think of when you hear being an adult? Um, well, I feel like an adult is like someone that takes on responsibility. Um, they're the one who takes charge. They're probably, um, you know, maneuvering several things at one time, whether that's being a parent, a wife, you know, a business person. Um, and they have to be responsible for the most part. Definitely. So, you know, Aziz and I always talk about being the adult in the room, and a lot of times people have that same idea that if you own a home or you are a parent, that that automatically makes you an adult. And what you find or what you realize is that that doesn't necessarily make you an adult, it just kind of makes you responsible. Right. And being an adult comes with a level of maturity right. and a level of understanding that a lot of people don't have. So based on my experience, I may not always, I'm the adult in the room in most cases, but I have immature ways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm fully self-sufficient. Well, we all have immature ways. We're all immature in different aspects of our lives. I wouldn't say but you're immature, though. I'm immature in a, a decent amount of aspects of my life. It's just I'm not in those situations much. Oh. Okay. So, like, you get, to see the, you get to see the leadership, but when it comes down to it, like, your work ethic is a lot greater than mine. When it comes to... A, corporate a, America. When it comes to corporate America. Yes. So, I'm more creative, so I'm like a kid in that way. Yeah. I'm, like, really straightforward. So like my brain works like a kid in that. But would that be immature? I wouldn't say that's immature. But I wouldn't say that's immature. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't say that's immature. But like I said, we all have immature ways. What makes you the adult in the room is because most of the time you take on, you, you're, you're ready to like incorporate other people in your life. You're not just worrying about self, 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 self all the time. You're like, this is us. Mm -hmm. You speak, your terms are different. You know what I mean? You speak in we, us, instead of I. All the time. And you show up when you say you're going to show up. So like Freddie mm -hmm. told us this, <laughs> that she had all these different challenges on her way here. Definitely. Yes. Right? So you want to speak on that? Yeah, so pretty much. Okay, so I knew I had to get here today. So I was just like, all right, um, I have to drop off my cousin. I'm sorry, my, my daughter to my cousin's house in West Babylon. I live in Long Island. And literally my car broke down. And I'm just thinking to myself, the first thing I thought was like, you know what, maybe I should call and cancel because I'm in the middle of the street. Mm -hmm. Cars is coming at me this way, that way, you know, how am I going to get out of the situation? And miraculously, the car started again and I just drove home. I dropped the car. I called my husband like, yo, you're going to have to take care of this. 
I got somewhere to go because they booked me and I need to be there, you mm -hmm. know? And so I rearranged everything. My cousin's picking her up and here I am. Now that's the accountable love. Yeah. Accountable <laughs> not, love, only it, not only is it accountable, <laughs> but it's mature for you to know that today was, was bigger than the other things that you had going on. Definitely. Right. Most people would have gave you the cop out, like you have a kid and where are they gonna go mm -hmm. and this is just inconvenient and you know, they would have made a million different excuses. But being an adult is also knowing that you signed up for something and you're gonna exhaust every possibility to right. make it happen. Definitely. Right, right, right. Right. And, right. I, and I've always been like the responsible one, you know, so if there was like who's the responsible one in the room, I'd be like, Freddie is like, mm -hmm. go to her, you know, she's gonna get it done. But like uh, Aziz was saying as far as like immaturity I probably would be emotionally immature mm. if I had to, you know, pinpoint somewhere because I'm pretty good in everywhere else. But when it comes to dealing with emotions and matters of the heart, you know, whether that's a love interest or family or friend, I'm I'm not very well. At, I'm not very good at coping. Put it okay. that way. Oh, so addressing. Yep. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. that's mature. Yeah. So again, you yeah. said you was immature in that way, but that actually shows a level of maturity because then you give a pe person a choice to have an understanding of where you're coming from, what you're bringing to the table, and they can decide whether they're going to deal with it or not. I mean, going back, I, I know that she um she's friends with Erica, which was yeah, a so Erica, guest of ours, yeah, ours Erica before. Welch was a, was a guest. So uh, we, we discussed the whole black and black and white right, thing, right? Right. So I know you know you wanted to touch on that because we got to definitely give you a chance to actually redeem talk about, myself, yeah, please. To talk about what you did, yeah, to talk about what went on because she basically explained her side of well to give how everyone a little bit more on. backstory. So basically, Erica came on and we did the whole adult in the room and we talked about that, but we also talked about friendships right. and how friends become family. Mm -hmm. And the example she gave was her relationship with you. Yeah. And at some point in your relationship, there was a two-year break. Yes. Definitely. And she spoke about the two-year break. What? How, how it happened, why it happened, and where you guys are now. So now they're friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, so Erica gave her version of the story, and we also talk about who she saw you as a person because every every everything starts with a belief. So she had she she believed something about you to make to make the, the the decision she made on the relationship, whatever the case may be. And so one of the things that she said about you were that you were black and white. Yes, I was very black and white. Okay. I just like. It's either right or wrong, that's it. There's no in-between, and um, I believe probably because I got, you know, older, children, my friendships changed, I realized not everything is black and white. Okay. And I think, like, one of the things that, like, I was using as an example, like, let's say, for example, you know, killing someone, obviously, is wrong. However, if someone comes and attacks you and you are in self-defense and you take the gun and they're trying to shoot you and you shoot them, I can understand why it happened versus yeah, before I was just like, that's still wrong, you know? But now it's like, yes, okay, the person died. It was wrong, but you had to defend yourself, you mm -hmm. know? And now I'm able to look at things, the full picture versus just the rules. I was very rule, rule like rigid, like, you know, this is how it's supposed to be. Rule right, yeah. so I guess with me and Erica's situation, it was just like, I never had a best friend. I've had friends, mm -hmm. okay? Associates, family, close, but I never had a best friend. And so our relationship became really close and um, the situation was so minor, but it was just something of like, she snapped at me because I had to um, tell her something. My supervisor told me to ask her something. And it wasn't like she told me off or anything. She was stressed out. It was her last day. She was leaving mm. to go to Yerman. <laughs> and um, she snapped and I was just like, whoa, I've never seen this out of Erica. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And 
because I was, you know, emotionally immature, I, it happened to me and I didn't know what to do with that. And okay. so I just retract. I fell mm. back. I fell all the way back, like two, way, years two years back. back. Yeah, fell back. Because you know? that's what we were saying. We was like, it had to be more than just that moment. No, I fell Y'all back. Best friends. Like... I fell back, and um, she reached out to me two times mm-hmm. by text. I responded to her texts, but I, and then the last text she said that, um, you know, when you're ready to talk, let me know. And I said okay, and I left it at that. And that was always my coping mechanism with every relationship I had, whether okay. it was best friend, mother, you know, uh, family situation or whatever. If I felt uncomfortable, I didn't have the vocabulary to speak on it. So mm. I would just shut down. Shut down. I so what about the patience? Did you have other people that were patient with you? That where you like, you know, though you don't have the vocabulary, anybody that knows you knows yeah, that Yeah, they're going to say, you know. Like you have a harder time really explaining yourself. So they t- did they take the time to allow you to well, express it's, yourself? Well, it's funny because, you know, I'm the type of person that's always wearing an S on my chest. So I'm defending everybody else Definitely. instead of me. You Definitely. know what I mean? So it's just like when it, so I think people never understood that. It's just like, you over here always defending other people, you How know. How could you not advocate for yourself? Exactly. Definitely. I even got fired for somebody, you know what I mean? Like, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how to advocate for myself because Definitely. I came from a family where you just don't talk about things. You know, oh, something okay. happens, you don't talk about okay. it. Okay, I see you know, that, yeah. but do you think? But to Aziz's point, is it something that Erica? Is it? Is it something that Erica learned about you throughout your relationship? Is it something that you talked about with her prior to the fallout? You know what I mean? Like, I believe so because she always joked like she was just like, "Oh man, they there go Freddie cutting people off again." Like that mm. was our joke, and it wasn't like it was ever a fight or anything. I just literally would walk away from the from the relationship where it was there was no conversation if you just did something to me and then i would be like okay you know i wasn't aggressive and i'm like i'm gonna fight or whatever Mm -hmm. because i've been there where it's like i would try to you know communicate whatever i'm trying and it becomes an argument and then it's like okay where do we go from here it's uncomfortable i'm leaving Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so with in erica's situation obviously i didn't she was my best friend i didn't want to fight with her Mm -hmm. i didn't even understand what i was feeling truly you know and you know, she left, she moved on to another job. We didn't see each other. It was kind of like one of those things out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, I'm having a child. I bought a house. I moved away, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, two years passed. And, you know, it's just like, and, I, you know, I had her in my heart. And I was reading something, one of my many self-help books, and I felt the need to, like, reach out to her. And I reached out to her, and that's how we started talking again. Definitely. That's what I know when we were speaking, when we were speaking with Erica, I mentioned the fact that when we put the title of best, like, I don't know who would have said standing from the outside looking in that was a best friend. Mm-hmm. Because who, who does that? Two yeah. years, one, one disagreement, two years, and then you walk out. A whole life. You started a whole and, new life. And yeah. started a whole new life. Yeah. So, like, yeah. that's where the best, like, I can say y'all probably evolved into best friends now because y'all equal, like, y'all on equal playing fields, but then. That's where the question mark would allow. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, me and Erica was, you know, like, I felt like I adopted her. You know, she's mm-hmm. from Alaska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was that, just yeah. like, I t- you know. You took up the wing. Right. Yeah, that's what she said, family, I was a yeah. supervisor. You know what I mean? And it was just like, I was her advocate. Like, I had to write her reviews. Like, it was like, you know, we sat next to each other. She was my confidant, all of that. But like I said before, I didn't know how to deal with confrontation. Definitely. It was something so minor, but yet and still I didn't have the vocabulary to say, hey, you hurt me, even if it was something silly. And then when she left it on That's the table, smooth. like, 
when you're ready to speak, let me know. I said, okay. But in my mind, I was never ready to speak ever. You know what I mean? Like if I didn't, God, I mean, I think it's God that brought us back together. Mm -hmm. um, but um, if I didn't read whatever I was reading at that time so that I had the chance to grow and realize like my era, then, you know, who knows if we would still be friends or if I would even have that close relationship. I, I even struggle with that with my own husband and I've been with him for 20 years. I think but, that's the obvious. But like, to struggle with your husband with or your, just... With your significant yeah. other. I mean, it's a, it's but a does more he know, heightened situation. It is a more heightened situation, but mm -hmm. to go back to your point about were you guys really best friends when you guys were working with each other, because although you guys joked about it, mm -hmm. like did you guys, like you guys didn't really have a serious talk about the fact that you are not mature you're, you're not mature in that way emotionally mm -hmm. to express certain things and erica took it as a defense mechanism like i don't want to be cut off either mm -hmm. but you know it there may be the possibility that it. maybe i may be cut off one Definitely. day mm -hmm. and then also her leaving the job i'm sure you were sad about that although of you wanted I something was, you know? better for her mm -hmm. it's like one of those it's like a double-edged sword like mm -hmm. you want her to, to be happy at her you know successes and mm -hmm. move on and get what she wants but at the same time you're missing your your your, your, your you know your ace at, mm -hmm. at work mm -hmm. so that too like i'm sure that that heightened the emotion because you was hurt yeah you, you pulled away well, basically. right, because the you thing used, is... Yeah, you used something to actually pull away because you was hurt that she was actually leaving. Well, and it wasn't supposed to be personal, but it But not necessarily, because kind of this was the second job that we worked at together. Oh, okay. I brought her there, and okay. I knew that this place was not the place for her. It wasn't the place for me either. Okay. So we was both trying to jump ship, you know? Mm -hmm. She okay. just happened to leave before me, and, I, you know, they let me go. Mm -hmm. But that was a blessing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was like, it, it, it is what it is, and... She moved on, um, but like I said before, I never had that close relationship. Like she's like a sister to me. Yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. never had. Like I have a, uh, you know, I have a um, a 23 year old sister, and I have like two uh, two brothers, like a half brother and a brother that's autistic. Okay. And I am not close to any of them. You know, I'm close to my autistic brother because I was his caretaker Definitely. until he went into a group home. Definitely. My other brother, he lives in Massachusetts. We're trying to build a close relationship and it's trial and error because I feel like he has the same type of wounds I have. Mm -hmm. So it's like we're like fair weather friends. Like we come together, we love each other, love each other, love each other, and then we don't talk to each other for mad months. brother and sister. Yeah, brother, yeah, brother yeah, yeah. And sister. You know? That's why we really deal with the fact that when you say sister, Friends are closer than sister. Because yes. sister is somebody mm -hmm. you grew up with, somebody that's blood, somebody you might have been raised in the same house, mm -hmm. but y'all don't have the same, that guy didn't choose each other. Well, see, that's the thing, because my brother, he found me on Facebook. Okay. Like, I wasn't, like, that's my half-brother from, like, another, you know. So you didn't know he was he, he existed? I met him one time when I was a child, and that oh, was wow. it. And then, you know, he, he was missing, and that was fine because I didn't know yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he reached out to me on Facebook, and, you know, he had, a, like, a production company, and... I'm like, who is this random person? It wasn't his face. And mm -hmm. I'm like, who's this? And he was like, it's your brother. I'm like, my brother? And I started looking at the, I'm like, oh my God, this dude looked just like my father. Remember, I only saw him once when I was a child. Definitely. So to, like, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. building a new relationship as that adults. Yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. Yo, my yeah. sister, yeah. Mm -hmm. I walked in the house and it's like, you see, yeah, uh, she, see looks like, face, she looks like she's a girl version of it. It's really crazy. So you're it's like, crazy, yeah. and it's freaky because you're like, Definitely. oh my yes. god. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it does go to that point, but let's let's go back. Let's make a let's go back to the black and white thing. Okay. Yeah. Now I want to really touch on that. All right. Because I think it gives a bad rap, right? So most people look at back black and white based on the the slang of it. Like you're black and white, you can't see. It's really the control mechanism that people 
they put you in that box. Right. But black and white just means when given the information, you make a decision. Yeah. Okay. That's all black and white means. Mm -hmm. So you given with given all information, you make the decision to move forward. So those are typically the leaders. Where like what I was explaining to, to Erica, where she was explaining about you at that particular time in that particular moment, you were bullheaded. There's not black and white. Black and white, that was the good part of you. Because mm -hmm. you was forced to make all the decisions at a young age. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? I don't believe that I was bullheaded because honestly, like I said, I didn't even make a decision. It was just my retracting, you know, I just fell back. I did not say I didn't want to talk to her. Definitely. Possibly if she said, hey, do you want to meet for coffee? I would have went, but nothing happened after that because that's how I'm used to dealing with things. I retract. If you don't pull me in, I'm just here. I never was mad at her, like in the mm -hmm. sense of like, I hate her, this and that. People would be like, oh, what happened to Erica? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, it, it was embarrassing. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I, It was like a public breakup. It was. Yeah. It was. Regardless of the, like, we're, we're now when you're, you're going in, I'm not saying that you actually was malicious towards her. No. I'm saying when she went out, she reached out twice. And, and I responded twice. You responded, but the but fact no that action. you didn't, yeah, the yeah, fact no that action. you didn't right. reach out. I'm saying a person, because when you talk about a person being bullheaded, not, they're not always argumentative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. They retract as well. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sitting here having a discussion with a person. You, mm -hmm. I'm sure you have. You had a discussion with a person. You're having a discussion thinking y'all on the same page, and they're just quiet the whole time. Yes. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, they're offended. Or well, mm -hmm. before you know it, mm -hmm. they didn't like something you said. Or before or you know, it comes it, up in another way. And it comes up in a some other days way. Later, mm -hmm. and you they didn't that they give didn't you really the agree. chance. Yeah. They didn't give you the chance right. to resolve the issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's when you think of a bullhead. It means that you're focused on whatever's going on with you. You fail to see the other side of the other person. Right. So and that's what I was saying. I understand where you're coming from. Okay. And if the thing is, honestly, like when I go into that place, I feel like I'm a crazy person. When I go into that place, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> well, it's just my secret place. It's just like move my chair over. mentally, I'm not even thinking about anybody else. I'm just like, all right, this has happened to me. I don't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put it right here. Definitely, but that's what I'm you saying. You know, like, I, I, put, people, I, yeah, I put it to the side, mm -hmm. and so, then I don't deal. So with the black and white thing, be more like, you're like, yes, no. Either I'm going to move forward or I'm not. Like, yeah, or <laughs> if you was my friend, you wouldn't do this. Friends don't do things like this to each other, you know? So this is wrong, and this is right. Like, I didn't understand that, you know, people let you down sometimes. Because I never had that close relationship. I expect it from my family because, you know... You expect that from your family. But I never got that close to anyone to even care that if they were to, you know, if they did something to me for me to not move forward or to have any type of feelings, if that makes any sense. It does. But the thing is, too, like, if we, so friendships are, are um, contracts, right? Like, we, we, we decided that when, once we decided that we were going to be friends, and especially as we get to a certain age, like, we're friends, friends. Like, you meet my kids, you at my house, right. you know what I mean? Like, you meet my boyfriend, my husband, mm -hmm, whatever the case may mm -hmm. be. So it's okay that you are holding them to the standard that you guys agree to. Mm -hmm. So, yes, like, you shouldn't be letting me down. If you say you're going to show up, you should Definitely. be there. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that people in general, when it comes to friendship, which is kind of annoying, that they feel like they get a pass because they're just friends. But those mm -hmm. are the people that you're building the relationships with. Definitely. Your family are family members because you guys are connected by blood. Right. But unless you are building that same relationship with them, they're just family members. Mm -hmm. So Friendship is the core. That yeah, so, and, and you... And, I know you probably grew up in the same space that we grew up where, well, not Aziz so much, but, like, my dad used to drill in me that blood is thicker than water and family's always going to be there. No, they didn't do that with you either? That's why I'm the way that I am. Okay. My mother, my mom has, uh, in total, is five of them. 
and my mother is the one that's the most distant out of all of the okay. siblings. They grew up that way. Mm -hmm. I wasn't part of that. Like, when I was younger, you know, I lived in Flushing, and at one time we all lived in the same house. Cousins, yeah, you know yeah, how yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. right? And then afterwards, then my mother moved away. She got divorced, moved away, and once we moved away, the interactions with my cousins and my aunts and everything stopped. Definitely. Because that's how my mother is, you know? Like, I'd be lucky if I saw them on Christmas or Thanksgiving. And it was one of my cousins who happened to find me, once again, because I'm always missing, found me <laughs> and pulled me in. You know what I mean? You're in the back of a milk carton. Yeah, <laughs> like, have you seen this girl? Like, you know, you know, and found me and literally pulled me back into the family, so to speak. And that's how I build a relationship with all my, like, I'm really close with my cousins now. Like, they're my, my brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. I'm closer to them than my actual brother brothers and, and sister. sister. You know, and the thing is, um, I moved, where I moved to, I moved on purpose because my aunt lives like two blocks down. And my mother said, I don't understand, why would you want to live over there? It's so expensive. I said, I moved over there because I wanted to be closer to family. Mm -hmm. I want to raise my kids to be close to my family. I didn't want to say because I didn't have that growing up because mm -hmm. I felt like it would offend her. But that's where I came from, you know? So all of this is like, I'm learning as I go what it is to be in a relationship a contract, a mm -hmm. friendship. This Definitely. is all learned behavior, probably more so when I got older mm -hmm. versus when I was a child. Because like I said, I had associates. Hey, what's up? That's my friend, but not really. You know what I mean? But like Erica was like my first real true friend that was coming over, you know, doing things together. We saw plays, we traveled, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was different and I, I didn't know how to react. And I mean, I'm, I stay saying sorry to her because I'm like, you know, I've grown, I've realized my ways. Definitely. I, I mean, I, I I think that you are showing to be a responsible adult. My b biggest thing is I don't want you to be stripped of your black quote unquote white. black and white. I, I explained to her. I don't know if you heard the podcast. I heard but it. I was big on explaining <laughs> to her. Yeah, I, I, I was big on explaining to her mm -hmm. like black and white in the negative. Like, mm -hmm. understand that's your greatest attribute. Yeah. yeah. To understand the world and be able to break it down for people who are so gray and, I'm still and they like need that direction, too, and yeah. that's that that's just a leadership role. We mm -hmm. don't have the luxury of just being willy-nilly. Right, right, It has right, to be right, somebody, right. the adult in the room, right. has to always come and make sure that everybody's positioned in the right situation. Mm -hmm. Even to have this show, we got to mm -hmm. make sure people are organized. If we have a bunch of grays, yeah, the show nothing doesn't happen. This is true. And I feel like so, I have a bunch of grays in my in my family and or in friends, and I'm the one that's always guiding them. No, you got to do this. You got to do that, you know. You know, make you know. As long as Freddie's around, we know everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know? exactly. You're the adult in the room. Yeah. You're the adult in the room. So that's what that's what our whole season is about. It's about basically connecting with people that may like they get pushed away. Because I go in most rooms and there's a mob mentality. You know what I mean? Most people don't think the way I think. So mm -hmm. there's a mob mentality. So I say a lot of things that are like truths like oh my god it smacked me in the face right mm -hmm. but at the same time now i'm insensitive i'm yeah, getting called right. all these things mm -hmm. but at no point and i'm judging them but at no point are they realizing they're judging me they're putting me in a box right. they're labeling me right and they don't see that i'm saying this so we can now have a discussion so we can get on the same page i can be wrong right, right. i don't know mm -hmm. but let's have the discussion instead they shut down mm -hmm. and blame it on not me not seeing outside the box when really mm -hmm. i have all the information available to make speaking yeah. right about mm -hmm. the information i definitely see what you're saying because i've been known to definitely clear out a room definitely. say what i say and everybody's like oh why would you say that no. you know and i'm like 
It's the truth. You know, no one wants to say the truth. They want to say what's politically correct or, you know, desensitive to the person. But then I'm like, as you know, if I'm if we're just like speaking and around it and not dealing with the situation and everything, exactly. the person continues doing the same thing. Absolutely. You know, hence me. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I do agree. So I wouldn't want that to be stripped. I would never would want you to say, okay, black and white. It's actually we graduate and we mature into black and white. Actually, as we all, when we're young, we're figuring out what we want. Right. As you get older, you start narrowing down what you actually want. Yeah, and at a so that's why age. your friends dwindle. Mm-hmm. That's why the relationships, certain relationships dwindle. That's why you start having kids, and you start now wanting them about their friends and wanting them about their partners. And want, you see what I'm saying? It mm-hmm, starts mm-hmm. now. It starts right all over again. This cycle, and you want them to actually mature as fast as possible into a black and white way. They understand that they now can take in information and they have choice. Mm-hmm. When you're gray, it's like I got to worry about this person's feelings. I got to worry about this person's feelings. Who's worrying about your feelings? Well, when you're gray, it's easy to not follow a principle. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like, you're all over the place. Mm-hmm. And and so when you're black and white, you can, you have something that you can go back to. You have something that can keep you grounded. And I, too, used to think that being black and white was, like, the worst thing ever. Definitely. If someone told you that you were black and white, that, that was also... Uh, a, a trigger word. They were saying yeah. it in a negative yeah, way. Yeah, in a negative yeah. way. Like yeah, you thought, like they, they, they're, they're, yeah. they're calling you disgruntled. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 you're mm-hmm. not easy to be around. Mm-hmm. And, and all those do things mm-hmm. to your steam. Like you feel that you don't want to be the person that nobody wants to be around. Right, right. But that becomes the thing. So I realized through Aziz mm-hmm. that black and white, just like you said, you just it just means that you're making a decision with the information that you have, right. and mm-hmm. you don't want to live. Even though there may be gray, you still go into one side or the other. You right. don't want to just stay in the middle. Right. So I think that I, I had to learn that as I matured because. Hearing it, I just it made me want to just be the opposite of that. Right. So I just was doing the opposite, and again I started exploring again, and 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 not making the best decisions, and hanging not hanging out with the right people, and doing things that didn't quite make, align with what I said my principles were. Right. Or I would like keep my mouth shut. Yes. Exactly. You know. I used to do that too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or don't don't say anything. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you want to be around people that empower you. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. Me and Jerry, we go back and forth. Oh like, my God! Yeah. Like cats and dogs. <laughs> like yeah, I know. It's a constant. <laughs> yeah, it's a constant. So it's, a, yeah, it's yeah. not something that anybody around us is like, yo, what are y'all, what are y'all going back and forth about? But that's the that's the work it takes to get on the same page. We want to. There, there's 27 ways to do something. We acknowledge that. We're yes. having that discussion, but we want to do it together. So how are we going to do it together? We have to find one way we both can agree on. Yeah. And that takes going through a whole bunch of different things to get there. Yeah. Once we find that way, we walk through it together, regardless of who's following who mm-hmm. and who agreed with what, we still got to walk that direction. Right. And that's what people don't get. There's just, oh, they see the 27 ways mm-hmm. and they want to mm-hmm. manipulate it by saying, oh, the 27 mm-hmm. ways. But they don't want to really deal with the fact that decisions have to be made. Yeah. And how are we all going to get there if there's 27 ways right. together? Right. Because right. that's right. the whole point, to get and there together. And you mature together. into togetherness. Yeah. So yeah. that's what we, when we talk about love, we're saying that's the definition, maturing into togetherness. So when you're ready, like we all have these emotions. We all meet people who are like, oh, this person is great. I love them. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, you out cheating on them. You out yeah, doing, yeah, doing yeah. all these other things. And I'm like, so we teaching our kids this what love is? Mm-hmm. Because love is a set of principles. Yeah. Love is like, yo, listen, I'm not going out because my wife might not it might not be right for my wife and it's her day to go out. So mm-hmm. you called me up. I'm not going out because of that. Mm-hmm. I don't care if my friends is on a horn talking about, yo, she got you whipped. No, she. we have a prince. We have yeah, an agreement. Right. And she needs her space too. Mm-hmm. So I'm not offsetting her to, to satisfy your ego. Right. You know what I'm saying? But that's what adults do. Mm-hmm. Other people, you know what I'm saying? But And they make up excuses mm-hmm. on why they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. right? Like, you know, nah, 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 but I was supposed to wash the dishes this yeah, time, yeah, though, yeah, so yeah, yeah. she's just going to go out. You know, I did promise that. Like but he, instead like of just saying, instead of just saying, just saying like, yo, mm -hmm. I honest something, my wife, even when your wife is like the leader, like we all know the wife that's, that's like really directing us. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't go to the doctor. She's like, yo, you have a doctor's appointment at this time. Mm -hmm. She's not asking you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. She's yeah, telling true. you. Yeah. And you know, if you really love her and you really understand her, you know she's in your best interest. Right. You can give pushback. You're trying to control me. You're trying you can do all that macho stuff, but really she's in your best interest. Go to the doctor's appointment and shut up. Like that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't get that that's the it's it's a dance like that. Mm -hmm. It's like looking at who the person you're dealing with. So when we all are graduating to live in black and white. Mm -hmm. We all are graduating to get married. We all are graduating. Yeah. To, mm -hmm. And when I say marriage, I'm saying having a lifetime commitment. Yeah. We all want friends that are long lasting that we're growing old with. Mm -hmm. So to do that, there has to be less gray and more, more black, black and white, and white right, so right, people right, know right. what yeah. you come Because mm -hmm. that really, that's the ground we walk on. That really is the concrete that allows us to feel secure. If you with a, yeah, yeah, if you with a, you mm -hmm. with a person who's willy-nilly, you're never secure. You're always... You're never going to feel like they're going to always show up. Right. And that's a horrible feeling. I mean, we've all been there with friends, maybe people that we dated, family members, mm -hmm. that you know the people that are going to show up and the people that are not. Right. Definitely. And the, the, the sense of security that you have with a person that you know is always going to be there. Like, right. that, it's, like, you can't buy that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, when you know when somebody has a routine or they believe in a principle and they believe in certain things and you know that they're going to show up, that in itself provides a level of security within the relationship that you can't you can't make up you know what i mean because it, it's based on action and and a person being consistent definitely and it also breeds insecurity yeah it does right. yeah mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying if i'm around you like I, I asked you when you were sitting here like do you have a smile like do you have a mean face <laughs> all the time do people call you mean now i understand it because i don't smile often yeah. She walks around with the rest of the face. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say it. You know. I'm not going to be caught on But, you know, the Me Too movement, I'm good. But at the end of the day, I think I didn't feel nothing from it. Right. Because I felt like, okay, she she's about her business. She showed up. I looked at what yeah. you showed mm -hmm. coming yeah. here. Yes. You showed, told us your story. You told us how much you was dedicated to coming here. You was accountable. You... So, like, you can be as mean as you want to be. The mm -hmm. point is, I know you have a set of principles, so I know you're more like me than about 75% of the people. Right? Yeah. Like, that's what I know. Mm -hmm. So, having the ability to do that is like, we're going to offset all the things that we can now say she looks mean. Well, she's I'm defensive. actually loving guys. Just so you know. <laughs> she's defensive. No, get to know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to know her before you, because that's the people we can now say, nah, she's mean. She needs to smile more. And right. now we can judge her, but we can't judge the smiley, happy-go-lucky who don't show up. That right, don't right, never right, show right, up. Right, and we make 27 decision. excuses yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You exactly. get what I'm saying? But they're so, easier to be around. Definitely. Right. So I can see why you and Erica are actually cool. And yeah, that, me too. That's something that as a friend, now you can see the friendship because mm -hmm. I, we spoke to her mm -hmm. and now we're speaking to you. And both of y'all, your core beliefs are aligned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're definitely very similar. And it's weird because, like I said, she's the girl from Alaska. You know, I'm a New York yeah. girl. <laughs> you know, I don't even, you know, we were, yeah, <laughs> I was just like, we're up there. 
she was like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of us up there. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, and, you know, that's always, like, I think you had mentioned in a podcast, like, that's always, like, the thing the, you bring the, up, yeah, right? Yeah, like, did you know, like, yeah. fun facts about Erica? She's from Alaska. Right. And definitely. was like, Word? Yeah, exactly. So I could definitely see the friendship. Like, what, you know, what's your other relationships like? Like, what would you say... When it comes to like being accountable in your relationships, because you know this accountable love podcast, mm-hmm. so we really big on love being is synonymous with accountability. Yeah. So, but it's funny because I feel like I'm still trying to figure out what accountable love is. Like I remember okay. Erica was saying that you know what accountable love is. I was like, but that's not. I'm not going to tell them that I do because I feel like I'm still learning. You okay, know, definitely. I feel like I, you know with each relationship it's different. You know, the relationship that I have with my friend versus my husband or even my son. Like, you know, he's coming, he's, he just turned 18 and, you know, somewhere between when he turned, you know, from baby to 16 was cool. And then 16 and a half, I'm like, who are you? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who you are and I don't know how to be a parent to you anymore because now you're making your own decisions and they don't align with what, you know, how, what I believe. And I'm like, we've moved out of the hood, you know what I'm saying? So that we could have like a quote unquote better life. And yet it's still, you still doing crazy stuff. You know what I mean? So it's just like. Bear with him. Yeah. I was 16. You know, and the thing is, I was 16 too, and I know what I was doing. But you know, the thing is, I guess it's kind of like it's like when you were 16, possibly, or hopefully, you wasn't getting caught. Like, they're just like, whatever. Well, also, Mm at 16, I grew up in the hood as well. So it's it's like you can either become a product of your environment or you're not. So to your point, I think Mm -hmm. that, yeah, moving Camille out the hood and she ends up still being out there. You know what I mean? You're like, well, I, I did everything. And my power to make sure that you didn't go that route and you still went that route? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where I know where that, that can hit, but you know, my mother obviously was great at what she did too. She was a great parent, but we still felt the need to defend ourselves, felt the need to give street cred, felt the yeah. need to, you know, learn all the things we learned about fighting, to put our hands on people in the street, like it wasn't a great thing. You yeah. know what I mean? She's yeah. worried about us all the time. Mm-hmm. People was, you know, nervous of us, so she knew that brought guns and things of that nature so yeah. you know and i think that that's the part that i'm starting to learn is that you know everyone comes into their own you know definitely and there's different stages of life like you know even though you know you're getting older but your thought process changes like this yes. is you know like the young mentality i think i know everything and then i know he's going to go into another stage but it's still hard being the parent watching knowing like this is the crash course yeah you know like the, you go this way i know what will happen you know or you know I didn't raise you this way. Not that my son is so bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just more of like, you know, when I look at him, it's a reflection of me. Yes, Definitely. we put our beliefs on our children. And right. I guess that's mm-hmm. what me and Camille could talk about later. But that's the, that's the point. Like, And actually, Aziz also checked me about that too. Because I was raised different. I decided as a parent that I'm going to do things different for Camille so she can have the leg up. Mm-hmm. So you have to deal with all the nonsense I had right. to deal with, figuring it out. I'm right. going to lay the foundation where she doesn't have to figure certain things out. She can just be a kid. Mm-hmm. And when your child is not moving the way you want them to move, yeah, the first thing you think mm-hmm. is, like, that's not what I wanted for you. Right. But what you, you, you realize is you have to figure out what they want. Right. And support that and guide them through that. Right. And I had to learn that. It took me a while to, to, to get that because mm-hmm. I just couldn't let it go. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this is like, I'm still the parent. She's a child. Mm-hmm. And although I do believe in choice and, and my daughter having the choice, and I didn't want to run a dictatorship, 
on the low, I kind of was because I still wanted her to follow the steps that I provided for her. Right. Like, she I just wanted to hug her yeah. and kiss her before she left the house. She wanted to eat breakfast. <laughs> you know how, like, when she was serving your teen, you're like, oh, I don't eat breakfast. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, school. Yeah. Like, she, she, she is becoming everything we raised her to be. Yeah. You know, very outgoing, outspoken, yeah, saying what she needs to say. Yeah. She, as long as she has her ducks in a row, she's coming at you. Yeah. You better believe mm-hmm. that. You better not be off. Because, and I, I'm telling Jerry, like, you should appreciate that because she's a leader. Yeah. And you're going to feel that. If you don't, if you don't give her a place to breathe, she, you're going to feel it. Because mm-hmm. she's not, she's not giving in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that's not how she was raised. She right. was raised not to give in. Her spirit wasn't broken. Mm-hmm. To some degree, my I sp- met her when we was young. So, so some degree, her spirit was broken. My spirit was broken, You get what I'm yeah. saying? To Jerry's spirit yeah. was broken. Mm-hmm. So she had to now say, listen, I have a voice. Listen. This is like I can say what I need to say mm-hmm. because she was always physical. We we had the same issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We didn't vo- vocalize, so we had the same issue you had. We didn't vocalize. We but did, we got we physical. Did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying once I learned how to do it, when she was still doing it, I was passing on up. Mm-hmm. Like, no, don't do that. Be vocal. Use say what words, you have yeah. to say. Yeah. And don't care about people's feelings. Like you matter too. So just say what you have to say. Their feelings, if they really stand up and they stand up, people, they'll tell you how they feel and mm-hmm. then y'all have a discussion. Right. But other than that, there's no reason for you to be putting your hands on people or going to jail or going down the wrong, wrong path when you have, you're such an amazing human being. Mm-hmm. It's the same with, with, our, with our child. So I see, but what would you say regarding the, the loves? Because I want to understand, like, being that it love, like you see love as just a different thing or is there something that is common? That makes what love is. Because how could you teach it if it's so different in certain different avenues? Oh, my goodness. That's a tough question. I feel like, you know, as far as like when it comes to both of my children, for example, they're they are two different people. You know, even though my daughter is eight and my son is 18, it's like. About 10 years. Yeah. And it's just like my daughter is very vocal, very open, very willing to tell you how she feels at that moment, you know, whether it hurt her or not, which is something that I wasn't and I'm learning how to be. And then I have my son, on the other hand, who probably more like me. And that's why, you know, I feel like we clash because he's very inward. You know, he's a good Mm -hmm. kid and everything, but he does not vocalize how he's feeling at that moment. And sometimes I feel like as though I don't even know how to embrace him, you know, whether it's physical embracement or just embrace him, you know, in his life and, you know, be that mother he needs or be that, you know, now it's kind of like I'm still a parent, but trying to learn how to be a friend also, you know, because it transitions, you know, because I realize I can't do the dictatorship thing anymore because it's like they, they figured it out. And he's also, he's, he's 18 and he figured out that, wait a minute, I don't have to stay here. I can actually walk out the door and you probably can't do nothing. You know what I mean? Like it's that stage. So it's very, it's uncomfortable for me. You know, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure out how to be, parent how to be loving how to have a relationship i feel like me and my daughter's relationship is good because of the fact that she's so open and Definitely. my son is more like me so close so i'm mm-hmm. still trying to chip away and, and he's the thing that he's actually the thing you don't like about you yeah, yeah. so that's yeah, where yeah. The, that's where the difficult yeah. comes in but i would say that we say love is is dedication that's what you're showing with your children, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Devotion. That's, that's what you're showing, showing with yeah. your children, right? Yeah. Trust. That's what you're showing with your children. And honesty. So once you have those, you're practicing love. So I'm saying on the on the trusting part, this is where your trust is really 
comes into play. Right. 18 year old, I instilled all these morals and beliefs and all these things in my child. I got to trust that he's has the ability to actually live a life outside of me. Right. And that's that that's what you're working towards. That's what you're working through now. So like what you say, the friendship, the same way he's your child, but he's 18 now. So the same way you would look at Erica, she's off. The, she's getting a job. She's doing mm-hmm. whatever. Check in. Make sure you like that's what building the bond is. Mm-hmm. You got to have the same understanding with him. Yeah. She's actually your friend. Right. She signed the contract with mm-hmm. you. He did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that that's yeah. a, a good place to start is to have a conversation with him and talk about how the relationship is transitioning from you're always going to be his mother. Right. But the, 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 the foundation of your relationship or the it's fundamentally the, changing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's changing. So yeah. you have to have the discussion with him and say, you're 18 now. So now it's choice. You want to live here. It's a choice. You want to you want us to have a relationship. It's a choice. But it has to be a mutual agreement that you guys both have to have. So I think that that is something that you can also take a stab with your son and just say, like, you know, you're older now. And kids, they everyone wants to hear. Everyone wants to hear what. Everyone wants to be acknowledged. So yeah. the fact that you like acknowledge, like you're a young adult now. You know what I mean? Like Definitely. you're no longer 16. So you like you know and acknowledge that because I, I'm sure he needs to hear that. Mm-hmm. And then once you acknowledge that, have that, then have the conversation about I would like for us to strengthen our relationship. And I know that it transitioned from mother to now friend, and not like you not telling me like yeah I slept with homegirls or whatever. Mm-hmm, not mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you know it, it could it can get there, but mm-hmm. just let's 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 start all over again right let's reinvent this and i think that that and would at be the same time it too. has to be reciprocal so yes. he has to understand that there's you're going to tell him things now. yes now mm-hmm. that you're grown like okay we're going to have a different discussion mm-hmm. right i'm going to talk to you about maybe this guy dated in high school maybe you know like who knows mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like that's the that's the that's that's what he we could get to know you differently too so right? i think it's important while you're here for him to know you and mm-hmm. it's important and i think that opens the, the 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 door for him for you to get to know him because now he's knowing more about you right. that you might have been guarded about mm-hmm. before and now he's gonna be like yo my mom you know like this is the things and then he's probably not telling you he's probably still closed off my whatever whatever but he's talking to his friends Highly about you, right? Just because, because of that. Well, when before I came here and everything, because like I said, Sophie's more open than my son CJ, and he came out and he the kitchen and he was like, "Yo, ma, I heard you doing podcasts now." I was like, <laughs> "Where'd you hear that from?" He's like, "Sophie." <laughs> I was just like, "Of course, Sophie," because Sophie's the verbal mm-hmm. one. She mm-hmm. wants to know what I'm doing, where I'm doing, who I'm doing, and when I'm coming back. You know, she's that mm-hmm. child, Definitely. you know. Versus my son, is like, fa- is her father like that? Your husband? Is he more the outgoing? He's very outgoing. He's very outgoing. He's, he's a pastor's son. Yeah. He's, you know, up front. Even though he says he doesn't like the limelight, homeboy loves the limelight. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 He's the mayor. We call him the mayor, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's definitely more outgoing than He don't me. like the spotlight, but he don't mind being, being in, in front. Group. Right. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't like doing this. Yeah, but Sitting here talking about emotions and stuff. That's more my thing, you know? Okay. But, um, he He's definitely more outgoing and so on. It's just so the fact that my son even said that and it was just like I sensed the approval, you know, and yeah. I was like, oh, wow, he yeah. likes me, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah. and, that, and that's weird because it's just like, you know, you're so used to just being the parent. It's not about I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your mm-hmm. parent. And then it's to know that, oh, my kid actually approves of something that I'm doing outside of parenting, you yeah. know, I mean, I well, think... that's a, like it's, it's like a it's a weird transition, too, because. You don't want to. It's, it's like as an adult, you you you. We were taught that we shouldn't be getting validation from my kids. 
Like, who cares what they like? You know what I mean? But you do, though. Yes. Right. Like, I care that, mm-hmm. that my daughter likes what I'm doing or yes. she thinks my hair looks mm-hmm. weird or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You, you do care. Right. So I think that that's also what is part of accountable parenting. And it parenting. gives you self-love. It, yeah. It mm-hmm. gives you self-worth because it shows that, yes. that you actually care what they think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That also gives them self-worth. Yes. You know what I mean? Because they're a big piece of what you what you stand for. Mm-hmm. They're a big piece of your life. So now when they leave the room or they leave the house, they're like, I got to represent mom. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, once you like bashing them or treating them poorly, then, you know, there's no understanding there. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's the sad thing. We watch a bunch of parents that treat their kids poorly. The kids... Oh my God, worship them. Worship them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then when we treat them good, they're like, Come here, put me in the home. That's what you I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So at this to point, the point I'm where just... Jerry's looking up homes oh, and saying, yeah, like, yeah, If you're going to do anything here, yeah, no. this is a great home right here. But yeah, seriously. I do think, like, I do think. Like you are, you are doing the wrong. Yeah. Like you have to, you have to wear that with a. Pass the test. Well, you, know, you gotta wear that with a badge of because I don't know the. I was a little nervous. I don't know, know the details. Sure. Yeah, I don't know the details. Of, I don't know details about your life, but the way that you deliver your message, the way that you're vulnerable, the way that you open, like you was on camera just talking yes. about vulnerable topics, most yeah. people won't even address. Mm-hmm. Right. Which shows that you're ready for the discussions that need yeah. to be had to strengthen relationships. Yeah. So you have to always wear, first, it starts with wearing that as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody strip you of that. Mm-hmm. Just know that the people that can't take you are the people that, that are That probably should be you. around you, yep. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Yeah. The people mm-hmm. that can take you, because like we're going to, I'm sure you in the house with me, we're going at it. Like, it's not going to be a problem. But I'm not going at it just for validation. No, yeah. Or to be right. I'm going at it so we can find common ground. I disagree with you. Oh, you just seen the good here, bad here. We just had a discussion about Mm -hmm. it. I was wrong. Like, I I, I went hard one way, and she's like, nah. She broke it down. I could understand it. I can see it. Mm. But it's still black and white now, because now I just adapted her belief. Mm -hmm. So when somebody else comes at me, I'm going to go from her standpoint, which she taught me, which is now my standpoint, and now we're going to go at it. That's all it is. You gather information. You have knowledge. What do you believe? You believe strongly. You have conviction. And that's what people try to strip you of, your conviction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you, it's in, you, you're entitled to have conviction. So wear your badge of honor. Be the adult in the room. And wear Own it. it. <laughs> your love song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're getting there. So just keep on I'm going trying, as hard as you're I'm going. Trying. No, don't try. You are. Yeah. Just say, I'm here. I'm here. And you just maintain it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people's trying. You got to maintain it. You're mm-hmm. already where you need to be. You're open enough to say, I'm, I'm having issues with my son. That's where it starts. You're open yes. enough, mm-hmm. enough to have, like, I probably like my daughter a little better now. Yeah. You know, like, and now you just want to bridge the gap. You didn't stick there where I just want to like my daughter more. You're like, yeah. I want to like both of them. Right. So let's get to a point where we all on the same page and love is, is present. Mm-hmm. And it's what we what we stand for when we're in this household. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we ain't going to argue and yeah. fight, right, right. kick each other out and sleep on the couch. Like, that's the process. But mm-hmm. we're doing it together. Yeah. And I'm not talking about, like, you taking him back and cheating. Like, yeah, I'm talking right, about right, doing right. together in a positive way. Well, you're not working for him. You guys working together. Definitely. And with children especially, well, and with people in general, mm-hmm. but especially with children, like, it, be, it, 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 there's this fine line. Like, before you know it, you're working for them. You're catering to them. You're doing everything for them. Yes. And that gets resentful, too. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't always like our children. So yeah. we can say that, you know, it becomes resentful. You become resentful. And then that's trying on the relationship anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's really about making sure that your kid knows that this is, we need to work together. Even my 14-year-old, I need to, I let her know that we're working together. I don't work for you. I had you. Mm -hmm. I love you. I don't work for you. 
Oh, well, she definitely knows. Like, if you you want to do your opposite things, you want to make sure yeah. that you want to be out there, you're going to be out there. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know you have parents that will love you, will respect it, but at the same time, won't respect it, so we, you got to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to be flat with you. Like, mm -hmm. there's a stand, there's a standard to be around us, and there's a, right now you're developing once you get to that adulthood. Well, you're, you're not developing, you're making you're decisions. Right. Mm -hmm. So your decisions should be in line with what we stand for, or... Maybe not. Maybe not. But there's consequences That's, that there's come consequences with it. Well, well, not, so I hate to say that because it makes it seem like if you're not doing it our way, then we're kicking you to the curb. The minute that you go left and your principles don't align with our principles, then it's going to sever our relationship. Meaning that th there's going to be a shift in the relationship because how we're really going to connect. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what, like, consequence is also a trigger word for me too because you hear, like, you're being punished. But yeah. the reality is that if we're no longer aligned, then there's going to be a shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. somebody, you're yeah. not giving up, mm -hmm. I'm not giving up. And it's usually the person doing the outlandish stuff. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, give them time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. really, you're, you've been doing whatever you've been doing for a while, and it works. So right. you're trying to hand your children like this works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do the same thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't but have they, that. But they want to touch the They want right. to touch the flame anyway. Touch the flame uh -huh. anyway. Uh -huh. So you give them that time to you give them that time to actually come into their own, but you're leaving the door cracked. So that's what we always say: the door is cracked. But the chain is on it. Yeah. <laughs> so it just like, yeah, who yeah right. the chain is on it. So we gotta make sure we letting in the child that we remember. Right, yeah, right, 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 right. So we're not telling you you have to be everything like us. Be yourself, mm -hmm. but at the same time have the core values that we remember you, so we can recognize. Right. And give back to the world because we not we not, we don't want to have a child that's taken from the world. We want to have right. a child that's given back to the world, and you have the potential to do so. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be. Absolutely. But I mean that's. That's probably about it. You know, this <laughs> well, that concludes our show. Thank you, Freddie, so yes, much for yes, coming thank through. You, thank thank you. you for having me. Yes, yeah, yes. So this is Accountable Love. I'm Jerry. I'm Aziz. Peace. Peace.